The thoughts and opinions on Just Some Podcast are of the hosts and guests and do not represent the views of organizations that employ them or they volunteer for. They are also not responsible for spontaneous black holes or nuclear wars that may occur. You have been warned. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another fun f- fun and technical difficulty-filled episode of Just Some Podcast. This is Tom. Hey, this is Ben. Tom, man, it's also going to be a very special episode. This episode will come out right around the mark that we started this very show two years ago. Can you believe that we've been talking for two years? I mean, I mean we've been talking for longer than two years because we've been friends for like 20 plus, but talking where other people can hear us, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Not that they want to. Right. I mean, it is. It's one of those things when we talked about doing this episode, it struck me I didn't even realize we'd been doing it for two years. I know. It's kind of weird, isn't it? It has been. It's been a ride so far. I think that's one of the quotes I saw you use on the Facebook you know, page, and I was like, it has been. It has been fun and learning I've learned a lot of stuff doing the show, and it's also, it's been one of those things to listen to how we've changed. Like, if you go back to our very first episode. Don't. (laughs) Don't. (laughs) But I have never listened to it, by the way, so that should tell our crowd, just don't, just don't do it. But if you were then to now, it is a world of difference. It's true. I mean, you know, it's. a hard-hitting show like this, where we ask the age-old questions like, if you were a man, would you rather have one coconut-sized testicle or 17 regular-sized testicles? <laughs> I mean, you don't get that on every healthcare podcast. I tell you that. That is, that is very true, and I don't know the answer to that. Um, I, Socrates didn't know either, my friend, so, I mean... Probably the one. I mean, because then I mean, you have 17, they're all going to smack each other around. I mean, you're, it's like a constant kick in the nuts correct unless you get like one of those plastic bags they carry grapes in at the store maybe you could just (laughs) put them in that i I don't know see already we're going back and forth on the important topics that are medical professionals struggle with on a daily basis you know we also ask the important questions like (laughs) if you had nine dollars and 18 cents in your pocket what all are you going to buy and then we berate them for their answer (laughs) that's always that's always a bonus it's what we do. What other show ask people to come on and then make fun of them for coming on? Uh, not a lot. I dare well, I'm sure I there say are some out there that I mean. Uh, I don't know healthcare dare, shows. I mean, we we have the niche market in that. Dare I say I think we're the only one, but um, or the only one that's been around for more than four episodes. How about that? Maybe boom. But yeah, man. So we thought for this episode, it's a 
we're going to kind of just do a compilation episode and we're just going to kind of kick back and think about where we went with season two, what we've done over the last year. I liked the quote that you said when we were texting back and forth about this, that this was basically the, the season or the year of the interview, because that's a lot of what we did. And we had some amazing, amazing interviews. Still impressed that people agreed to to come on and, and provide their outlook or their education or their expertise on topics that we were handling that week. We've run the full gamut of people we have spoke to on the show from repeat guests like Jeff and Pollyanna um, yep. to Eric. one yeah. yeah to one time guests where they came on and they're like our very first interview this season was with a lab tech and she told us about you know how when we give them the sample what actually happened and so it was an interesting look behind the curtain of you know we might do the punch biopsy but what actually happens between doing it and getting the results and what the process was and to be able to learn that. And like you said, people are willing to give their time to try and spread some education about what they do because healthcare is such a vast spectrum of jobs. Far too often doctors and or nurses get the credit or the blame, but it realistically is the lab techs, the respiratory therapist, the environmental specialists, the cleaning crews. I mean, oh, yeah. everybody makes us run. And I thought it was really fortunate that we took the time to try and say, hey, you know, there's something other than us. So why don't we focus on what it is and how we got from point A to point B to point C? I think it's important that we try and tell people what we realize we don't know. <laughs> like there's a lot of stuff we don't know. Like yeah. I don't know. I didn't know how lab specimens were prepared, you know, for instance, or when we, you know, had Eric on for PTSD, like I am aware of what that syndrome is, but to have an expert in that field come on and really break it down for us. I think it's made me a better professional. And I still hope that the people listening to the show, even though we joke around and we do stuff that that's why they're listening to gleam some of that information from this as well. Yeah, I, I did. I agree. I think the lab episode with Jamie was great because it really kind of gave you that, that look behind the curtain that you don't often get you working in a clinic or an ER or somewhere. You don't see all of the, I mean, you know that the stuff goes on behind the scenes, but it was interesting to hear how it got from point A to point B. You know, it's not just, uh, a sodium level on a piece of paper or on your, your EMR, but it was kind of the, the background into, you know, how that punch biopsy worked. So I thought that was very cool. And then, and I, maybe I'm getting ahead of ourselves and that's fine, I guess it's our show, <laughs> but, um, and then someone like Margaret Fitzgerald yeah, to come on the show, which I still to this day am just baffled of, not, you know, not that she wouldn't, but just that, I know we have non-healthcare listeners and we have, you know, some PAs and now some physicians that listen to the show, but we're both nurse practitioners and in the nurse practitioner world, she is literally the godmother. Like yeah, absolutely. She's the Don Corleone of nurse practitioner education. You come to me, you ask me for the favor. Yes, that's exactly like <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And she came on our show and my other favorite part is she was so down to earth and so cool. So, I mean, not that I don't have any less respect. If anything, I have more respect for her because she didn't come on and say, I only have 15 minutes for you. I'm a very important person. Like, man, we 
talked about hockey for 20 minutes before we even did the show. Yeah. It was so cool to, cause I mean, and like you said, outside the nurse practitioner world, people probably won't know who Margaret Fitzgerald is, but if you're a nurse practitioner or a nurse practitioner student, you, you can't not know. Yes, you can't not know that. That's the board. That's the gold standard board prep course. And yeah, you know, this is the lady who I have seen present at national conferences, and people will bring their Fitzgerald review books just to get her to autograph them, hoping they'll see her like in the hallway and ask her to autograph those. And she took yeah. the time to sit down and bullshit with us, and it was a great. I mean, it was just a fun interview and I think um, I hope there was questions that she had not ever been asked before because you know someone like that probably gets requests for interviews frequently oh I'm assuming yeah so, I'm assuming that's if not daily certainly multiple times a week so I'm hoping that it for her at least it was an interviewer was like you know like she came away with that going that was fun like I kind of enjoyed talking about stuff that I wouldn't normally talk about you know I was just thinking of a good way to put this for someone to put it in their head that's not in the nursing world, not only has she got this whole company and they produce those like five inch thick books, you know, that, you know, like that's not, that's not, you know, easy reading. Like there are a lot of work. Her name is in three inch bold lettering across the title. You know what I'm saying? Like she's like yes. that level. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's not an afterthought, <laughs> you know, what book you're reading. And so when a person like that comes on the show, I, that was one of my, if not the wow moment for me of season two. And it happened early in the season, but it was holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> Margaret Fitzgerald is on our show. I don't want anybody to take away from it that I think any less of our other guests. Oh, hell no. But Absolutely like, not. that just, that just set a higher bar for me. Like, okay, well we've had her on the show. So now somebody may, you know, people are going to start listening to this, expecting more. Yeah. And I expected more of us from it so yeah it i think it was only really a good thing kind of batting down the hatches and just really kind of focus on okay we've reached out to margaret fitzgerald and she's agreed to come on the show and we and it was a hell of an interview so we need to keep up that level of impressiveness and we need to keep up that level of providing education and entertainment to our listeners and i would say that we try to do some fun things like when we took national lampoons Christmas vacation, <laughs> but we try to make it like trauma education. Right. I mean, we still want to have fun and I still enjoy those episodes. But then, like I said, you know, we are moving to some episodes back to kind of our roots, like pure education. When we did diet drugs, yeah. when we talked about lactation, you know, like a couple other things where we were like, yeah, there's this is just pure education. Yeah. We tried to make it fun, but it was definitely something a cut above just kind of making some notes and reading. Like, I think that was the important thing of having those guests on is we went beyond what you could just look up on Google. We took somebody that has taken the time to do that specific subject matter for years, and then they came to expound on it. And I just kept thinking like, wow, man, we, we did a lot of interviews, but it was, I thought good interviews. Yeah. No, and it's like, I love interviews. <laughs> so. Shout out to Tiffany. Um, <laughs> you know, but it was one of those things where like, it's one of the reviews that we got and I, th it was such a sweet review, but I think it holds true for how we approach this show. And that was that we are humble enough to try to not be the smartest guys in the room. Like we are okay with bringing on amazing, highly intelligent guests and picking their brains. I mean, so, I mean, we're, we're not coming out saying, 
we're the smartest ones. You need to listen to us. We know everything. I think we're the exact opposite. We're saying, you know what? We know we don't know things. And it's like I tell my students when I precept, you know, you need to know what you don't know. And that's okay. But if you don't know it, then you need to be figuring out what, how you can know that or how you can know more about that. And that's, I think, some of the benefit to what we get when we do those interviews with people. Yeah. Same thing when I precept is if you don't know, first of all, don't act like you do. Don't make the mistake of causing a bigger problem by acting like you have a greater grasp of knowledge than you do. It's second of all, either figure out how to get the answer or at least to know where to go for it. Like, I don't know how to figure this out, but I know you need to go to endocrinology, you know, whatever, like, and make sure you are getting those transitions. And I think this year was part of that where we were like, okay, you know, we don't know a lot about PTSD. So let's get somebody on here that does. And that's kind of the route we took. And that's, you know, Tom's kind of giving away our secrets here. Um, (laughs) Edit it out. But I mean, that's a lot of how we approach things. It's like, okay, let's, we want to talk about lactation or we want to talk about pregnancy or we want to talk about PTSD. Who do we know in our network of resources that would be able to provide education for that? Or jumping way ahead, I mean, look at our interview last week where we wrapped up season two with with Brad. I mean, that was a great interview on some vital things that we see a shit ton in family practice as far as like ears, nose, and sinuses and stuff like that. Those should be, and I hope they are, practice-changing interviews. Exactly. And it was great to hear a specialist say, you know, sometimes I get things wrong, but here's how I go about to verify the information. And if even... A handful of us out there take that. I think we could only make the profession better if everyone was taking similar steps. And I would like to also point out, Ben, before I forget, every guest said, Tom, that's a great question, at least once. So, oh, you know what what I'm going to do for you when we're editing this show? I'm going to go through, I'm going to pull out, Tom, that's a great question. And I'm just going to, I'm going to make you a little audio that you can just listen to. You know, like when you're having a bad day, your chi is off, whatever the hell is bothering you. You can be like, you know what? No. Tom, that was a great question. Just Tom listen Just listen to four minutes of people going, Tom, that was a great question. Yes. Great I think question, that would Tom. be great for you. It certainly plays to one of my strengths, my vanity. So thank you for, for pointing that out. I'm the most humble, Ben. I'm the most humble <laughs> motherfucker you ever met. Hashtag. <laughs> Oh, but you know, while the interviews, like the education interviews have been fun, like you mentioned earlier, you know, the fun episodes that we have. So we had, you know, like you said, the the Christmas vacation episode, that was hilarious. I hope that people look forward to our medieval episodes that we do every Halloween or right around Halloween. Those episodes are so much fun to go and try to find stuff because again, a peek behind the curtains, Tom and I FaceTime each other so we can see each other so we can play off each other's facials and, and cues and things of that nature. So sometimes it's really fun to go and look for stuff just to see if the other guy's going to go and make this horrible <laughs> face like, so they're ripping his teeth out through his penis. What? You know, and, so, yeah. <laughs> and that is it's always an eye-opening experience doing the medieval episode because, man, it sure seemed like we were doing some straight barbarism to people back yeah. in the day. 
Yeah. Wow, some of those tools. <laughs> but, you know, Medieval Madness number three is coming up right around the corner. So Correct. But, I mean, sometimes it feels like we're doing a Saw episode when <laughs> we're doing that. Like, my God, we used to do that to people on purpose. However, I, I honestly think it's not far. I'm thinking relatively, I mean, relatively soon medical term wise, but I would say in the next 10 to 20 years, I think we're going to see some advancements in medicine that makes things that we're doing today in 2020. We're going to look back and go, I can't believe we used to do that to people. Oh, no, or, I agree. Or, or perhaps it's going to be something along the lines of how didn't we know that? Like maybe we'll have a blood test that can detect cancers like pre-stage one. And I don't mean markers. I mean, you can run a CBC at a wellness check and it's like, hey, you might have prostate cancer. So we're going to go ahead and send you to urology now and have them treat you with the newest up to date stuff. And we're going to look back and go, we used to wait till they had a tumor. Like, (laughs) what were we thinking? You know, and it's going to seem so simple in retrospect. Like, again, some of the stuff like bloodletting people. We look back, we're going to, you know, we look back now and we go, that is totally off the mark. How did they not know? But at that time, that was the best information they had. And I hope we're still doing this show in 10 years and we can look back at some of these episodes and go, I can't believe that the most up to date thing at that time was to stick a needle in them. Or a cuter up the nose. I mean, it- yeah, exactly. Like, so let me get this straight. When COVID came out, the only thing we had to do was, and we have some newfangled, you know, drug or procedure. And instead, we used to take an approximately seven and a half inch long cotton tip applicator and shove it down the back of their throat through their nose. Wow. That is going to seem like such a terrible idea. Yeah. While we had some fun episodes and we had some great interviews, we also were not afraid to tackle the big elephant in the room topic sometimes as well. And I'm referring to our three-part series that we did with Jeff where we covered nursing education. You know, so we, we handled ADN and BSN, and then we really went hard with nurse practitioner education. But, I mean, it was something that needed to be done. And I hope that you know people got something from that to go, you know, we understand that because right now uh, as we're – talking there's mud slinging back and forth on social media i guess i'll say between uh, several different groups of providers and, and it's not an all-inclusive group by any means i'm not saying it's every provider but there's definitely mud slinging back and forth and as thomas said we need to realize hey there's problems and these are things we need to fix or the problem is going to fix itself and not in the way that we want it to and unfortunately i i think it was you that compared where we are at as a profession to like our tween years. Am I getting that right? Like, I think we're hitting a growth spurt. Nurse practitioners have been around, but all of a sudden in the last few years, it has gone from, oh, we're physician extenders. We do some things to this explosive growth of both nurse practitioners in the field and students. And I really feel, and I still feel, and I I think that's one of the things you and Jeff and I discussed was the failure as a profession to grab the reins and start making positive, they may be difficult, but positive decisions on where we want to go as a profession. Because right now we are a runaway train. And I still feel that. Like clearly the ANA didn't get the memo to listen to our three part episode. <laughs> 
but nobody. A and A, A and C, yeah, yeah, A and P. Nobody, nobody. Apparently, they tweeted at us about it, but they didn't listen, and it made it easier to sleep at night. If you know what I'm saying, like, hey, I have a platform, and we didn't just sit back and ignore it. We have actively tried to get the word out. Here is a problem, and we need to focus on it. Hopefully, and I, I feel like that's probably something we'll tackle again in this upcoming oh, year. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. It by probably mean I definitely, but I just <laughs> <laughs> I did I did I didn't want to like you know force the issue, but it is so important to not only us. But again, we have a large non-healthcare listening audience. They need to know that there are professionals that care, that we recognize that there are problems within our profession and that we're trying to take steps to fix it. Because if they start losing faith in our ability to adequately train, educate, and discharge our duties, everything goes away. And so while I haven't seen any major traction on some of the issues we've discussed, I truly hope that those things will happen. Well, and I think we'll have a guest coming up here in the next couple of months because I had someone reach out to me that wants to come on and discuss that more in length. So I, I think we'll definitely be having some uh, some more candid discussions about that in the future. I think that's another good thing to point out about the year of the guest was how many people have reached out to us. Yeah. Like it, it went from we had nobody season one or maybe like I think we had like Pollyanna and Jeff once each. Oh, I think we had a few. I mean, but it was it was pretty far and few between. We had Liz. We we, I mean, we had. Yeah, I mean, we, we had quite a few people on season one. But season two. Wow. It seemed like every week there was somebody reaching out like, hey, I would like to be on your show and talk about and. Or if we all we had to do was make a mention, like, hey, we're looking for an ENT. All of a sudden, you know, we got an ENT. I mean, it was an interesting look at the growth of our show and how things have changed for us from going to we have to do all this legwork to try and figure out things that we didn't know. And I sometimes I'd sit there and go, is that right? <laughs> you know, did right. I, I know that's what it said, but maybe that's different by now. And we had so many people that were interested and excited to be on the show that I think that's a positive sign in our growth cycle. Yeah. And I think truth be told, I mean, we have several interviews scheduled for the next two weeks. There are people who have reached out and, or we have connected on, on social media or they've heard about the show and they want to be on, I mean, a variety of different ways that, I mean, we have some great guests coming up even. So while this may be year of the guest, I think, shit, next year may be year of the guest number two. <laughs> well, maybe that's a good way. To look. It's like a domino effect. Now that we've started this, I think it's just going to continue to cascade that there's going to be people that want to come on. I think one of the big things that we have looked for or we said that we would like to see, and I know we have a lot of listeners of foreign countries, we want to start talking to practitioners and not necessarily nurse practitioners, but healthcare providers. I don't care if you're a nurse, a PA, an NP, a physician. If you're in a foreign country and you want to talk about how things are done where you are at, yeah, we would really like to talk to you. No, absolutely, because that is one thing that we would love to hear 
Canada or across the pond. You know, we actually have someone scheduled uh, from uh, Scotland, I believe, here in the, in the coming weeks. But, I mean, there's a whole bunch of countries that we would love to hear just so we can kind of compare and contrast the differences of, hey, what works there? What do you guys do there versus what we do here in the United States? So, yeah, I mean, if you're out there and you want to spend an hour bullshitting with us talking about that, then reach out to us. We would really love to hear about what it's like to treat a patient that's not going bankrupt for being sick. That would be pretty cool. I mean, that's uh, that's not going to be controversial at all. Huh? No, that's not controversial at all. So, Yeah. What's it like to not have an insurance company tell you what you can do to practice medicine? That'd be pretty cool. Tom. But you know, season two, Tom, getting back to where we're <laughs> back at. Back to season two. Gotcha. It was also the year for Facebook Live. We oh, did yes, it was. a bunch of, I mean, we had Pollyanna on Facebook Live several times. We'll dive more into COVID shortly, but I mean, that was where we kind of went to handle that part of things too. So, I mean, we were on Facebook live a lot and then we ended that with our music episode, which I heard a lot of great feedback from. They, people love that episode because it was getting to know more about us and it was just real, you know? And, and while Facebook live is great, man, it can, it can go off the rails real quick because, because we're interacting live with the audience. And so sometimes the audience doesn't play along. (laughs) Like that is, that is one of the things about doing a live show. And I do think we need, obviously, COVID. How could you not talk about 2020? And yeah, not bring COVID? which I feel we're going but to. Yeah. I think that's one of our better qualities, our flexibility to go, okay, well, we're going to do a live episode so that you can directly interact with us. And we knew, especially in the beginning of COVID, that was one of the things that yeah. we made the conscious decision to say, there's a lot of people that don't have good information. They don't know who else to talk to they've reached out to us for answers already. So instead of just doing a static episode where it's just us talking and maybe I didn't directly answer or answer well enough their question, why don't we just do an episode where they can talk to us while we're doing it? And since we couldn't go out to all of them. Yeah. I mean, ben, yeah. Ben had this great idea. Let's go on Facebook live. And I was like, okay. And the first one was so great. We're like, I can't wait to do the second one. And uh oh, <laughs> so uh, after that, th- sometimes the chat room would hijack the episode for a little while. And I mean, that is what. And it's- those who listened on the podcast streaming devices heard that because we left everything in those episodes. I mean, if it went off the rails and we were started giggling and laughing because there are people fighting in the chat room or whatever the case may be, then I mean that all stayed in episodes. So I mean, it, I do it's like a fun experience. It is a fun experience, and I actually really like the raw episodes. Ben does a great job of doing a lot of editing. We fired our whole staff. Screw Sam and Kyle. Those guys sucked. But he does an amazing job of making us sound real clear, because there's a lot behind the scenes that you, while you're listening to this, don't understand we did going into this. And so I actually really like the raw episodes sometimes, because it gives that glimpse of, oh, Here's what it really sometimes, sounds like. <laughs> yeah, here, here's here's what things sound like when a thousand uh don't get edited out. One thing I would like for us to work on, because I know we're going to do more Facebook Live episodes in the future, though, and I haven't seen any feedback on this, and if you have, because sometimes I don't catch every message from people, 
doing a better job of explaining the question that we're reading because sometimes i do that a lot where yeah i just start answering i'm just like oh jason well the reason blah 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 and i forget that you listening in your car to the episode of the podcast don't know what jason just asked so i'm going to try and make a more deliberate effort to explain what we're talking about while we're talking about it we did have a suggestion on that from greg i believe it was don't suck so much well that was number one (laughs) number two was you should probably get someone who's willing to serve a role as a producer just for the live episodes and filter through questions so that you're not focusing on the chat room as much as you're working on the episode and then you have that producer that can feed questions, bring them into to Zencaster so that they're all, even you know, if they're not on live video, they can still you know, do the audio part of Bill wants to know would you want one large coconut sized testicle or seventeen range sized testicles? Bill, that's a question we've asked several times, my friend. I think that's a great suggestion. See, I didn't even know that was a suggestion. So I'm glad I just heard that. (laughs) Thank you, Greg. Since Greg volunteered, I think Greg should be. (laughs) Congratulations, Um, Greg. You win. I think that's a good idea. I just, I really liked that format, though. And I'm glad we chose to do that, though, for all those reasons, though. It was right there with the people that wanted to know the information. And also, I really enjoyed that people that cared enough about the show would take time out of their day and get on their Facebook in a way so that they could spend time with us to talk to us. So it wasn't just, and I'm not mad. I understand we're actually getting a decent enough following now. Obviously we couldn't have everybody, you know, do that, but for that handful of people that were making the concentrated effort to interact with us made me feel good about where we were going as a show. Yeah. No, I I would agree. And then, you know, there was not as many episodes this season, and that was because of COVID-19. So, I mean, there was a pretty large hiatus where we had, we didn't do any, we didn't put on any shows. And I think it was like February to like almost May. And a lot of that was because we weren't sure what the hell was going on with with COVID and if it was going to affect us and, and, or not if, but when it was going to affect us and how. But it was also, that was when we did a lot of those live shows because we knew that was what was needed at that point we need someone who's going to get out there and not give bullshit answers like oh well if you want to cure covid then you just use the vitamins yeah. that i happen to be selling you know for 59.99 no we were trying to give the information that we knew we were trying to give the information that, that we had but we were trying to be that resource for people um and so that was kind of where while we took a hiatus from the show and that probably did hurt us some i mean it was I think it was needed because, like I said, we, we really went out to the public at that point. Well, and like you said, one of the things staying true to the show and what we believe in, first of all, we have never done anything for people just to like us. That's never been what the show has been about. Obviously, we want listeners. We want people to like us. But we've never done anything specifically, for lack of a better term, to suck up to people. We're like, here's what the answer is as best as we know it. You may not like it, but that's what the answer is. And in doing those shows, if there were times where from episode one, episode two, there was new information. 
Yeah. And we would say, look, a week ago, a month ago, that was the current information. With COVID, things change so fast still that sometimes what I say on Monday is now obsolete by Friday. And that's another reason I thought it was great to do the Facebook Live because people would be like, well, wait a second, I thought... And so we would say, hey, here's the newest updates, guidelines from proven research up to this point. And sometimes that changes. And and I think there was a great meme about that on social media about people are mad because they're like, well, who am I supposed to believe? You're a scientist, air quote, but you keep changing your answer. We're like, that's how science works. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> the whole thought that science is one answer and it stays that way forever would be the antithesis of what science actually is. Science is always assuming, if not so much that you're wrong, but that there might be a better answer or a more direct access to getting the information. Like those are the things that science are trying to bring to you. So even though we didn't have anybody, you know, come on and say, well, we think you're full of shit because you're giving us different answers. We would say, here's what it was and here's what it is now. And this is why. And I thought that was a really important thing that we did. And maybe we did lose some listeners because we didn't put out regular static episodes, but honestly, it made me feel good about what we were doing as a show to make sure that people were getting up to date, accurate information as best as we could provide it. But you know, even with that hiatus, Tom, I mean, we, I mean, I think we came roaring back <laughs> um, over the summer. And you, we can't talk COVID-19 without talking about probably two of the more powerful interviews that we had this season. And that was Shannon and Anil. You know, so Shannon was the nurse who was in New York City, ground zero with, with COVID. And then Anil was actually a patient who was afflicted with COVID. And so, I mean, those were perspectives that, you know, luckily you and I had not had to that point. And they were very, very powerful interviews like those are interviews that i would want everyone to listen to i would there's so many different views out there right now i I would ask that anybody that does listen to them keep an open mind and trying to accept that information for the face value of the person that's saying it because like for instance shannon was in new york city and if you look at the numbers new york city now you're like okay but she wasn't there when things were on the decline, she was there when shit was exploding. Yeah. When we really didn't know what was going to happen next. And she still went and all the credit in the world to her for having the guts to take time away from her family to say, I need to do this and being part of that. And Anil far too often when I read a person that is a COVID denier, or they don't think it's that dangerous. Yeah. They don't think it's anything worse than the flu is a person that is usually posting that from typically from like a rural area because they don't know anybody. And so to them, it's nothing. But Anil is in a rural area and got hit with it hard. Yeah. And he represents to me the biggest fear. I, I know COVID has a much higher fatality rate than the flu, but people are much more aware of flu symptoms. So maybe that's something they relate to more, 
But what they don't hear about or what they're not factoring in is all the damage it does if it doesn't kill you. Yeah. And Anil certainly is still dealing months later with those issues. And that's what is so scary for the providers. It's like, yeah, you may not die, but you may have a stroke. You may end up in an ICU. You may end up with an amputation. Like, there are so many things that can happen to a person from this disease that for people to act like it's not a big deal just goes in the face of every convention I can think of. And again, and we started off like this. Hey, stop freaking out. And and honestly, I was one of them. I was like, hey, there are other big elephants in the room we need to deal with because I thought perhaps we would get this under control in a better method than we certainly did. We didn't. We dropped the ball, and now it is still just wreaking havoc across the country because people wouldn't, in the large part, take some of those precautions. And I don't mean masks. Masks weren't even a big issue in the beginning. But some of the things I know we talked about that people flagrantly disregarded stuff like social distancing basic hand washing they wore like a badge of honor yeah to say well i don't have to do that and now here we are and so in those rural areas and that's not just rural areas i don't want to make it sound like i'm picking on that i'm just saying it seems typical that someone that lives in a smaller population where they don't have very many cases tend to be the guys going well i don't think it's that big a deal well listen to the interview with anil where he was, you know, one hour away from dying, you know, according to the doctors that took care of him yeah. and spent, you know, a couple of weeks in an ICU and had delirium and you know, is still having health issues today that he didn't have, like, you know, he didn't have asthma and now he has permanent lung damage yeah. from this infection. And it's so scary to try and take care of people that A, don't believe it and B, I can't. I know I know how I feel when I talk to it. I, I can't I can't give them a great answer every time. I'm like, yeah, you may not die. You probably won't die. But we don't know what else is gonna happen to you. Yeah, but you might lose your arm. And you know you might want those. <laughs> yeah. Like if, if you don't want someone to f- spoon feed you for the rest of your life from having a massive stroke, you might want to avoid getting this infection. So I think I think uh, I could take a deep breath, step away. <laughs> we we talked about COVID for a minute, but it, there's no way for the rest of your life. You can't look back at 2020 and it not be COVID. COVID stricken. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think history is going to look back at this and there's going to be a lot of dissection. Hopefully for the rest of our lives of what we've done since March. Hopefully. I mean, I, I know the generally mean that I hope that the, they do because it needs to be done. But sadly, I think potentially you may end up, I mean, yes, we all know the history of the 1918, you know, pandemic, but it's not like at this point we're so many generations removed from it that we didn't learn those lessons. And so unfortunately, I think that's what's going to probably happen with 2020. Well, see, I think that's one of the areas I would disagree with you, Ben, is I don't think everybody knows the history of 1918. I don't think that they understand the potential and when they get mad at the government for and and there were certain things and i understand that there was economic hardships and people were mad that football games got canceled and i understand the thought process because i can keep an open mind and say okay i get your point but when you look at the numbers from 1918 
and we're talking, you know, 50 to 60 million people died. And I'm still appalled at 200,000. And people are like, well, it doesn't work. I'm like, so the things that we did, and we only had 200,000 deaths, I say only. Can you imagine a time when I said only 200,000 people died? And that was somehow a reasonable <laughs> phrase. But 200,000 people died. St- yeah, exactly. 200,000 people died because we did put some things in place versus 60 million. So perhaps we, and I don't just mean America, we as human, human beings. Yeah. yeah did not pay attention to what happened in 1918. Fair enough. You know, we did have some other fun things that we did this summer, Tom. Our guest virginity broke, and we got to, to be on a podcast, which was fun to talk to Greg on Tech Crossover. It was. It was a blast. Greg is a great guy, so if you've never listened to Tech Crossover, I highly suggest it. And it was really fun to be the guest. Uh, it, was a, it, was, it was different, yeah. It was a new experience to be like, Okay, because I had to try. I have a tendency to ramble and try to take over a conversation. Shut up, Ben. And to realize I wasn't the one asking the questions was a really that's how I felt. I don't know how you felt, but I was just like, oh, I'm not supposed to ask a question. (laughs) It it was a little weird to be on that side of it. I agree. And then we talked to the NP dude, you know, which was one of the original podcasts for nurse practitioners and, and kind of was part of why we started doing this. So that was a, a great interview too. Yeah. The NP dude was definitely one of the first podcasts I listened to. Cause I, I didn't really used to listen to a lot of podcasts. I mean, I had a couple like stuff you should know and Joe Rogan, everybody listens to those, but I didn't really go searching. And then as I started getting a nurse practitioner and nurse practitioner student, it was one of those things I found. I was like, there's other ones on nurse practitioners and I could listen to some of the things he said and, it just was a really great show to listen to. And second, he is a fascinating guy Yeah, to talk to. He really so, is. yeah, he's like when he said he built a house, he didn't mean he paid somebody. Yeah, no. He was- built the house. <laughs> so it's a rare and unique individual to talk to that has had that many careers and and it wasn't like they were easy it wasn't like he went from you know professional toenail clipper or something i don't know to a nurse practitioner he was an engineer and then he was a lawyer and then he was a nurse practitioner i'm like wow yeah you really like student debt i don't know what else to say (laughs) and you know we're planning on having him back sometime in the future too so really it was just it's been a good year tom I mean, it really, really has. It has been a good year. It has. The end of season one for our anniversary episode, you sprung something on me, and that was that you wanted us to do five questions with each other. And we did. And it was a good time. You know, we, we had a good time. I probably oh, don't, I don't even remember my answers. But I, neither do I. I kind of want to go back and listen to them now. Like, oh, you naive, stupid fool. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not going to do five questions. What I want to know, Tom, and I'm going to pull the, the curtain back a little bit here. So just some podcast for advanced practitioners, which is what this show is, is obviously our show. Behind that is a business called Just Some Podcast LLC. And that's a, a partnership that Tom and I established in 2018. So my question, Tom, and you had no prior knowledge of this because I didn't tell no. you anything. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> waiting now. Where do you see our show going in season three? And where do you see our business going in season three? 
or over the next year. Okay. Well, part of that I know. Well, part of it I have a good idea. Right. <laughs> as far as the show goes, I don't know. Here's my hope is that we continue to have guests that are experts in their field, but that we get more interaction from our listeners as to things that a, we can do better and b things that they are interested in. Because again, going back to the first things that we talked about, we don't know everything. So if somebody can out there can be like, did you know, and lay some kind of question out there or idea that we can get into research and, or find a guest for that only makes us all better. So I, I I don't have a idea of where we're going to go as a show. I do have a goal. What's that? And that's get on the damn ISS international space station. Hashtag mission Uh, Antarctica. Yes. Not at mission Antarctica, mission Galactica. Damn it. Mission Galactica. Galactica. You know, I'm not going to lie. So, being an astronaut is always one of those like, oh, when I was a kid, I wish I was an astronaut. So there is something to that. But I also, to this day, am still fascinated with NASA, space travel, because of not just because it's cool, because, I mean, how cool is that? Because, like, I think people that do, like, underwater submersibles to, like, the ocean floor are also super cool. It's, explore- My it's thing exploration. Is, it's like seeing it's a, something. But that, that's what I was going to say is yeah. it's, it's people – that are willing to put their lives at risk to further the knowledge of all of us. NASA is one of the few, if only administration that has always had an open knowledge policy with anybody it interacts with. So if the Chinese space administration contacts them, they will give them everything that they are doing on a particular mission with that are within the bounds of what they can do in the civilian world. Cause there was some military stuff, but you know, open civilian stuff. They'll be like, here's what we know about Mars. What do you know? And they are trying to further it all for us. And a lot of things people don't think about is one of the big questions is always, why do we spend money as a nation on like NASA? Like we have starving people in the world, which is terrible and they're right. So why are we spending $3 billion to, go back to the moon. Well, the first thing I'd say is I agree. We need to do something about poverty and kids going hungry, but $3 billion is a drop in the bucket of the federal you know, budget. Yeah. Second of all, the things that they do to solve the problems that they run into are things that we directly benefit from here on earth. For example, and I know I talked about this on one of the episodes, the imaging software that they use to upgrade something for the Hubble soft or the Hubble telescope is software that has improved our ability to detect breast cancer and mammograms. Like that is a direct people's lives are being saved because of something that they did. Yeah. Yeah. And never mind the fact that we're human beings and human beings are just that's our nature is to go out. And so that's why first of all it just it would be really cool to say we've been played in our space i'm I'm not gonna lie like i really want that tag we got all we yeah. got the entire world we got people out in boats floating around listening to our podcast cool we got earth check all right now i want us to go beyond and i want to talk to somebody that says well i know here's what the health concerns are on earth can you imagine trying to talk to somebody what the health concerns are about going in outer space? Like I, I, yeah. that to me is t- so I'm, I am begging our listeners. If you know anybody in 
not just an astronaut, like flight surgeon that does healthcare, something like that can help us or know somebody that knows somebody, we would really like to interview somebody that's involved in the healthcare or providing of medicine in that field. That's what I would want to do. That's like a goal. As far as the business, though, getting back to the original question, expansion and maybe that we, will happen. <laughs> yeah, maybe that'll happen. I just want to point out we used just some podcasts for advanced practitioners for this specific show, but we also made our business just some podcast, leaving the door open to try and build on what we already have. And I just know that there's a lot of opportunity out there to help expand people's knowledge. And I, that's what I'd want to see from us. So Ben, same questions back to you. What, what do you want to see from the show? And what do you want to see from the business? So for the show, I, I still want, I like that fine line of fun and education. It's where we're cracking jokes, but we're still educating people. You know, if you can sit and listen to a conversation of, of us and a guest and, and we're BSing and having, you know, and we're laughing and having a good time. And then you still come away from that going, huh? Like I, I didn't realize that I needed to examine the entire tympanic membrane or whatever, whatever the case may be. That's my goal for the show. And, you know, so I, I think that we will continue as we continue to grow. And as our, our knowledge, the knowledge of our show continues to grow, I think we'll see more guests on social media today, the day that we're recording this, which is the 31st, I did put out our, our guest wish wish list, Tom. And so I'm going to read through it on here just so in case, you know, somebody doesn't have us on any of our social media, they can, you know, if they have contacts, let us know. So I love wish lists. I, I love wish lists too. <laughs> Katie Duke, she used to be a ER nurse, was on New York Med. She's a cardiology nurse practitioner in New York now. Uh, she also does a podcast uh, called Bad Decisions. We would love to have her on. Uh, Dr. Demania, ZDog MD. We would love to pick his brain for an hour. I mean, could you imagine? Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as Tom alluded to, an astronaut or a NASA flight surgeon. The one that gets a lot of eyebrows raised, but there's legitimacy behind it. Um, adult, an adult film star. Yeah. We can't reveal why, but we, can, we would but really we, like to talk we, to We'd like to talk to no. him. Yeah. yeah. We, we would talk to him. We will reveal that to them if they reach out to us. Uh, Joe Rogan, because, I mean, who doesn't want Joe Rogan on the show? If you have a podcast, Joe Rogan is on the list. Yeah. One that I would really like to see is someone who works on, like, on an NFL sideline, like as a provider. And just to interject for just a second, that is also one of the things that I guess I didn't get to because I didn't want to keep rambling. But, yeah, sports medicine would be fantastic because that is a really fascinating world. Yeah, and I, and I say NFL, but I mean, if, if someone from like an NBA or a professional sports team reached out to us and said, hey, I'm the physician that is on the sidelines or, or in the, the box or whatever, that would be an amazing interview um, just to pick that brain. Um, and then as Tom alluded to earlier, the healthcare providers in different countries. So that's our wish list. So if you're out there or you have contacts to people, reach out to us on social media and let us know. That would be great. As far as the business, I agree with you. I think expansion. And as you alluded to, you know, we own Just One Podcast and there's lots of room for expansion. And that was actually one of the few good ideas that we had in the very beginning was, hey, let's take this name, Just Some Podcast, because we can turn that however we need to. 
And, and so in the very beginning, even, I mean, before we even had launched this show, we were like, we could do just some podcast about, you know, for dads, just some podcast about sports. I mean, there was lots of stuff that we had talked about. Just some podcast about Guam. <laughs> well played, sir. But yeah, so I think expansion, the other thing I would, I'm really, really hoping, and we've alluded to this on the show before, is getting that continuing education piece plugged in and being able to, you know, with, with COVID-19 and with everything that hit and canceling large gatherings of people and, and canceling conferences and such, the ability to provide education to nursing staff, whether it be LPNs, RNs, CNAs, NPs, uh, whatever it is, that ability post COVID-19, I think is going to be vital. And I think that we are on the cusp of being able to do that. So I think that's pretty damn awesome. That would be pretty fantastic to be like, Hey, by the way, listening to me is worth educational credits to you. So I hope it happens. <laughs> you have to suffer through me for one hour to get one hour. That's how it works. But again, the other thing about our show, I guess one more thing to talk about. I don't know how to word that better, yeah. but words are hard. <laughs> words are hard. Going back to something I discussed earlier is it's our show. And I don't ever want us or I don't ever think we would change anything about us for anything else so while we want sponsorship we actually had a sponsor on you know yep yep, a couple weeks ago the people that well actually i think there's a couple that actually love our show i don't see us when it comes down at the end of the day we do this for us and for the people that are listening and so many times ben and i have been like well should we do this or should we do that and then we're like fuck it this is our show and we're gonna do what we want we do try and avoid some topics just so it's, you know, universal for everybody. But I, I think that's where I'd want to also see us as a business is stay true to what we're doing. And not that we're ever planning on changing. I just, I don't care how big we got at the end of the day. I would like to be able to say that this is still, we're still doing what we want to do. I, I agree with you 99%. <laughs> in case we got that one percent if, is if me, Spotify it, comes to us and says hey we want to pay you a hundred million dollars I'll be a spider monkey like <laughs> what do you want me to say you know <laughs> yeah yeah I, I I guess if they if they threw out you know well you could do that or you could come work for Cirrus and we'll pay you 500 million dollars a year like we do at Howard Stern done what do you want me to say? Do you want me to plug, you know, Rogaine? I don't care. But honestly, like, at this <laughs> point, I mean, we're pretty well set in our uh, the ways that we do the show. And I think if anybody did reach out to us, not that that's going to happen anytime in the near future, but I mean, if it did, I think they would want our show the way that it is. I mean, this this is we have proven this works. I just had. Please tell me you've seen the movie Wayne's World. Of course, yeah. So it just. All of a sudden, I just had this vision of us doing Wayne's World. And then when they get the corporate sponsorship, like they're just sitting there, like looking around as there's like flashing neon signs. And some producers like party on Wayne. He's like, I guess like I just had <laughs> this just some podcast neon sign flashing over my head. And I'm like, OK, and I'm just hey, yeah, Spotify, if you're out there and you want to do that, let us know. I mean, we'll yeah, I'm just saying. I should say I only agree with myself 99%. Ben's got a valid point. <laughs> I, I do have a price point. Find it. So, But no, again, honestly, I really do think that anybody that would want our show, assuming that that did happen, 
10 years from now. It's because it's you and I, and it's the way that it works. And this is, like I said, we've proven, I mean, it's two years, you know, when we first started this, we didn't know if we were going to get past four episodes. Yeah. You said a you said a stat one time, and I don't remember the specific numbers. Like, only so many, only a certain percent of podcasts even make it past like ten episodes. Yeah, I think it's like seventy percent like of podcasts don't make it past like, yeah, like ten episodes. I think or something. I don't remember the exact stat, but yeah, it was something like that. So there you go, advertisers. We, the, we got staying power. The 80s. Um, who knew? Not me. But since I did, didn't do it at the beginning, you know, we need to get it in at least once. If you love this show and we? you know, we know that you do because hell you're listening to us right now. Yeah. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. All under the handle, just some podcast. You can find us on YouTube, just some podcast. You can find us on the web. It's com. Hopefully CEUs there eventually. And our email admin at just some com. Tom, you know, as we put a wrap on, our anniversary episode, year two in the books. I legitimately want you to know, and of course you know this anyway, but I'm, I'm putting it out there for the whole world, even Bjorn, to hear. Even, even Bjorn. Bjorn. There's nobody that I would honestly want to do this show with more than you. You are my best friend. You've been my best friend for 20 years. I love you. Thank you for continuing to do this with me. Well, see, now there's nothing left for me to say. If I say, well, I love you and I don't want to do it with anybody else, they're going to be like, oh, he's fucking copying Ben. So let me me say this. First of all, I agree with everything. And Ben, I love you too. Best friend, best man at my wedding, like through thick and thin when I need someone to talk me off a ledge, which is frequently. (laughs) Multiple times. (laughs) If I feel like I have the dumbest question in the world or the most complicated one, the, the first person I turn to is Ben. And honestly, I can say this without reservation. He puts his entire heart into the show and he does so much behind the scenes for everything we do. And some of it's magical. Like the, again, going back to some of the interviews, I'm like, what happened? He's like, yeah, I just sent out an email and they said they do the show. I'm like, how, like, so the funny joke is about the list of people. I just gave out a random list of like celebrities, yeah. like Gordon Ramsey, Joe Rogan, stuff like that. And he's like, no, really? I said, well, I just assumed you could make that happen. <laughs> who <laughs> knows? Yeah. Who knows? And cause I have failed on mission Galactica terribly. Like nobody from NASA will even respond to me now. So <laughs> apparently a couple hundred emails, they stop wanting to talk to you. I don't know. But what I can say though, is at the end of the day is I don't feel like I'm doing work when I do this show. I feel like I'm having a good conversation with my buddy. And sometimes we bring in another buddy. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's Ben and I. And every time I every time I get done, no matter how tired I am or if I'm busy and I'm like, oh, okay, we'll record. I always leave this feeling better than when I started. So to the person that has been the rudder to the ship <laughs> for me for so long. Thank you, Ben, for everything. And if you enjoy this show, I will tell you right now, a solid 80% of what you're enjoying is because of Ben. Uh, So it is all true. He can shake his head all he wants. But I hope we are successful. I hope that, not that I don't love being a nurse practitioner, but being able to do this podcast for a living would be a dream situation. Nice, yes. And 
if there was anybody I was going to have to spend my life working in a close relationship with, it would be you, Ben. So thank you. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. On those notes, man, let's wrap season two. We are looking forward to season three. Thank you for being along with the ride with us. It's been a hell of a ride. And you know what? We'll be uh, looking back on season three and four and season 20. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. On all those notes, man, we love you guys. Thank you for hanging out with us every week like you do. And reach out to us, man. Join the conversation. We would love to hear from you. So have a wonderful week. We will see you for season three. Hey, everybody. From the bottom of our hearts, please stay safe out there. You savvy son of a bitch. swearing just to pass the time. Ask you why I am alone. I caught some road bridge and I thought of you. And all the many times you say I should have known. Took a press so I could find my cheek. Find mediocrities, the best that I could do. Let's shower. Yeah.